Welcome to The Renewable Generation, a show on climate and energy issues by young people for all people. My name is Evan, and this week we're down a co-host, but it's okay because I've been upgraded to renewable energy uh, aficionado this week. I'm, uh, I'm on Steven's level now. And we don't need Steven. We got we got me and Kelly. Woo! Steven, we miss you though. <laughs> we, we we do. Um yeah, hey Evan, good to be here with you today. Um Steven's actually out camping this week, so uh he's now become the outdoor aficionado and I'm just someone who is on a podcast. <laughs> but Evan, Evan is now officially the podcast guy. I'm I'm officially the podcast guy. I'm officially the the climate energy uh expert that I was I was destined to be it only took what 13 14 episodes that's pretty uh, fast that's like what three four months yeah that's I basically I passed a semester of uh climate change class oh yeah um who's gonna give you academic credit for that yeah do I can I turn this in somewhere <laughs> I, I feel like I have been learning uh it's it's been a really educational especially from where I started I mean you guys remember yeah, yeah, you didn't you didn't know very much, but I think it's it's good to have someone like that every once in a while, because it because then you have to remember to explain things in a simple way that's accessible. Yeah, do you think this podcast has been helping you, uh, like, reach back into like the memory banks, or has it been more of like a? <laughs> um, I think in the beginning I was just kind of rambling about all sorts of different stuff. I'm like, oh, there's this and this and this, 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 this. But I think over time, we've gotten better with kind of structuring the episodes, being able to have conversations more clearly, which I think is also a very useful skill in real life. So just making sure that you're explaining things in a way that other people can understand, because especially when you're in your own field of expertise, it's really easy to kind of forget that other people don't know as much as you do. And so having Evan on the podcast has actually been really helpful for us. That's true. Uh, you know, I do have a background in entertainment. And speaking of entertainment, today, because we're down one uh, one climate change expert, we're going to talk about something that I know a little bit about, too, which is reality television. Uh, it's something I know a lot about. <laughs> and uh, But specifically, because this is a climate and energy issues podcast, we're going to talk about how climate and energy issues have been represented in the media, specifically in reality TV, and how they maybe could be better represented by an interesting idea from my co-host Kelly. So the first thing that I wanted to discuss was kind of what are some of our favorite reality TV shows and why do we like them? So Evan, what's your favorite, even guilty pleasure reality TV show? And why? what about it appeals to you? No, no judgment, this is a safe space. And you're not allowed to edit it out. Oh, man. You know what? If you asked me when I was, like, a kid, it would have been, like, one of the competitions. It would have been, like, Survivor. Um, There was the show Kid Nation that I actually really want to talk about because it, like your idea that we're teasing for later, it was a competition-based show, but it had so many problems because it was basically Survivor for kids. So these parents that let their kids go on the show had to sign these, like, 22 page release forms oh wow basically saying like they wouldn't sue the network if uh their kid got like injured or like experienced any bodily harm that's horrible yeah that 
the show only went on for one season, but it was it was a disaster. Uh, it was it was a beautiful disaster, I should say. <laughs> um, but now I th- I think it's definitely like Love Island or um, <laughs> even The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. I love The Bachelor so much. That's so, that's really funny. Yeah, let's see. In terms of reality TV, my the only reality TV show that I ever really got into was The Amazing Race. Oh, Amazing Race is great. It's so good because it really is authentic. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. the the only gimmick that they have is that you're racing for a million dollars, but the taking people from out of where they normally live to travel the world, doing these culturally appropriate challenges, and it's it is very funny because you see how people act in real life, and I think it actually compared to all the other reality TV shows, some of which are kind of staged. Like I would say, The Bachelor is pretty staged. How dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry, but The Amazing Race is like two people who already know each other and then you kind of get to see how they interact with each other. And I really like that. I think at one point they switched it to people randomly being on teams, which I didn't like as much. I liked seeing the relationships with like the pre-existing relationships and what happens to them when they're in this new environment. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't I don't know if you remember this, but there was one season of Amazing Race where they had like internet celebrities. Uh, as, like, the contestants. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. And I remember it specifically because I knew some of the internet celebrities, and they had, like, their own, like, uh, YouTube channels, or uh, I think some of them were Viners, too. Um, And I remember listening to them talk about the season after it was done recording. And it was just really interesting to kind of hear some behind-the-scenes details about it, because, I mean, what you're saying is true. It's pretty... It's about as authentic as a reality show can be. Um, but it's interesting, like, I think because it's edited down to this, like, hour-long format, you forget about, like, the minutia of some of the things, like, just waiting on, waiting in an airport for hours on end, or just sitting in that airplane, and they were talking about how, like, when they were, like, doing these things, they, like, were just kind of, like, talking friendly to each other, and, like, it wasn't really... Like, in those moments, it wasn't a competition, but then, like, the second they were, like, thrown back into it, it was just, like, fast-paced, like... And I I know a lot of them said, like, after the show was done, they just needed to decompress because it's such an experience uh, to go through. Yeah, I think The Amazing Race does a really good job of creating just, like, meaningful experiences, and I think there's there really is nothing trashy about the show, which is, for reality TV, I find to be very impressive um so yeah that's my favorite show and i think it's an impressive production yeah i mean they have people running around with like 4k cameras following these people if if we're gonna talk about reality tv we should talk about the the crew members that suffer to make reality tv happen because it is an arduous task to run around with those cameras to be the the poor pas and the producers that are like trying to like get the get the contestants to do the things that the exec producers want them to do. It's tough. It's tough. That I mean, on The Bachelor, that's like half the job is the producers running around trying to like connive a way to create drama. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, when you're saying stuff like The Bachelor, a lot of it's fake. That's how it's fake is they just, producers run around and try and get contestants to do stuff that they want them to do. That's, I feel like that, maybe not fake, I guess it's just inauthentic. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's the difference between The Amazing Race and these type, like, the shows that I love <laughs> so dear to my heart. Um, well, you do like that Zac Efron documentary series, right? That's reality TV. It's real. Yeah, and that's the interesting... And it's, it is authentic. Kind of segueing into, like, climate and energy issues represented in reality TV. That's the interesting thing about a lot of their representation is that it's either, like, a guy like Zac Efron kind of just, like, going to different places. It's an individual. There's also, like, Survivor Man or Man vs. Wild... You, you never you never saw Survivor Man? No. But um, another interesting show that this makes me think of, have you ever heard of the show Years of Living Dangerously? No. That show, I binge-watched it. I watched 10 episodes straight. During Dead Week, my freshman year of college, Dead Week is the week before finals when you're supposed to be studying, I discovered this documentary. Season 1 was free. I watched it beginning to end, no breaks, <laughs> for What's, what's the premise? 10 hours. Okay, so it's basically celebrities going around and learning about climate change. So the host will be a celebrity, and then they talk to people who are experts in their field. And it's just like each one is like a little mini movie that kind of tells a story about people learning about climate. And it is so good. That's really interesting. I don't think I'd ever heard of a, a climate or energy show that was like, there, it was, like, team or, like, multiple people. Like, usually it's, like, an individual doing something or it's, like, um, they have those, like, tiny home type shows, but they have them specifically for, like, trying to make your house more eco-friendly. So kind of just, like, a extreme makeover eco-edition. Yeah, that that's a great idea. I think you should pitch that to uh Oh they're they're doing it already. There's there's like three or four shows like that right now. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Extreme Home Makeover Eco Edition? Yeah. Not not specifically named that, but the that type of that format of show is like really big. Oh yeah, right now. that is true. Um the Property Brothers. Oh, the Property Brothers. <laughs> yeah. I think one one of the Property Brothers, either Drew or Jonathan, I forget which one. They were um on climb the climate reality project talking about why solar is sexy why sustainability is important and they aim and because they have this tv show where they do home renovations um they were looking into that so it's like included on their show but they don't explicitly include such a strong climate message on their show they do that in their off time but i think on the show because they are very very good tv personalities their remodels are good and they don't um, I guess th- their shows have a little bit of drama when there's a quote-unquote competition. They had some, yeah. like, design competition, but for this... Sorry, let me try to figure out what I'm saying. Saying, like, they still feel authentic? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for... Ev- uh, uh, listeners experiencing some interference broadcast. Twitter troll! No! Hello, my name is Josh. I'm a listener of the podcast. I graduated from Berkeley in 2017. I work as a software engineer now, and I'm also a Twitter troll. And I have some strong opinions on Tesla's manifesto. I don't think Tesla's out to make electric vehicles accessible for everyone. I think they're out to make wealthy people feel better about the car that they drive, you know. I don't see them marketing, you know, or making an effort to make their cars affordable. 
That's not how you make technology accessible. You, how you make technology accessible is you make part of it free. You have to make part of it open and free to use and make the rest of it affordable for everyone. Well, I'm not entirely sure what just happened, but that Twitter troll seemed to make some pretty good points as to the affordability of Tesla's vehicles. Well, anyway, back to the show, I guess. Coming up next, we're going to hear more about Kelly's reality show pitch, which is centered around sustainable practices. Um, the reality TV show pitch that I have is called Quarantine Tree Planting for America. So basically the idea is it would be similar to The Amazing Race, where you have um, basically a team of, let's say, 10 people from America, all, all different types of people, and we would purposely get the most diverse group possible, that, and especially people who are caricatured. So for instance, if we could get someone whose family has a legacy in coal mining, someone who's from Flint and grew up without clean drinking water, someone who, who studies finance and wants to go onto Wall Street, um, some kid who grew up in Silicon Valley, um, someone who grew up on a Native American reservation, potentially. Um, I mean, just getting a wide variety of different people and then forcing them to live together in the same house for like, I don't know, a couple weeks and get them to all plant trees together. I call this quarantine tree planting for America. And the reason it's called a quarantine is because um, the quarantine... I mean, right now we're all under quarantine, and they're like, oh, you, only, you can only interact with people in your quarantine. I really, I, so this is a really interesting idea. Are they all in one house? Is that the, the premise of the show? Every team? Yeah, or each would, team has an individual each house? Each team has their own house. It would be kind of like, um, it would be like Big Brother, where they all live in the same house. Yeah, together, yeah. Except, <laughs> except, except the premise is not Big Brother's always watching. The premise is like, we're going to like learn about each other's heritage and backgrounds and and kind of just like be respectful towards each other and all that stuff. I think especially in Hollywood you got to have an elevator pitch and you have to have a title that is two words short and sweet. Oh really? So give me give me your elevator pitch which would just be like a sentence. And can I can I pitch a title uh once at the end of it? Yeah. Okay, so Americans of all backgrounds come together to learn about their his, their heritage and plant trees. That's the sentence. What if we called it Eco House? Ooh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I it'd be so. I love. <laughs> I love that pitch too. <laughs> Americans from all backgrounds come together to learn about each other and plant trees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be good, right? Just do some good manual labor together. Mm-hmm. No, I, th I think it's a really interesting idea. Um, I, as, what really, like, drew me to it is there isn't really, like, a team-based climate or energy show on right now, especially in reality TV. And there isn't, like, I mean, like, the closest thing you said was, like, Big Brother, which is not at all, like, related. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the idea behind Big Brother, or at least the concept, I feel like, is something like, oh, Big Brother is always watching. Whatever you do in this house is going to be on camera. I think that if we do a more, I guess, if, we're, if we get everyone together to plant trees, I think people are really desperate for something that is, I guess, more wholesome and can give them hope and humanity. And I think that getting people together to plant trees ha and having people watch it on just, like, watching TV and just watching some wholesome reality TV content, I think that's something where there's a big gap. And in terms of the word eco-house, I mean, we did talk to Keelan Blackwell from 
Chicago Eco House. So mm -hmm. maybe if we wanted to use that title, we should ask him um, if his name is trademarked or if we can just use it. Yeah, Keelan, if you're listening, uh, let us know. <laughs> you want to you join the Eco House production team? <laughs> yeah, I think Chicago Eco House is a production, is a, they did have some documentaries and stuff done about them. So but yeah, um, so is, is the, the tree planting a competitive element that you're adding to the show? Is that, uh, or is, is there going to be a different competitive element that are like, that is driving these teams uh, to face each other? Yeah, we could do something like number of trees planted. Okay. I think if I'm Fat Cat Hollywood producer, I want to see more uh, conflict. Okay. And then also we could have within each house, each individual person can come up with little challenges. So for instance, like one thing that I could do is like teach people to wrap wontons or dumplings. And then it would be like, who can wrap 500 dumplings the fastest? Part of it would, part of your score would be the amount of time it takes. And then there would be an artistic judge because if you do it really fast, but there's no, um, there's no love or art built into it. It's not like, it's not done the right way. Yeah, exactly. So if you don't make it look nice, you're going to lose points. But I think, so you have to find the right balance between making it look nice, making it taste good. Oh, and there can be the taste test. Ooh, sign me up. I want to be a judge. Yeah. I want to be judge on the uh, eco house. I do. I think, I know like, uh, a lot of people would be like, oh, like injecting competition into like a wholesome like reality show about like sustainability and culture seems counterintuitive. But I do think there's a way that they could work cohesively. Yeah, I think the competition can just be really benign things like no one's going to get kicked off the island. Yeah, <laughs> no, no one gets kicked out of the eco house. I mean, they can have a running points total for like who got the most points in the competitions at the end. The person who wins can like win some amount of money or some prize. And I think the money could be something like $100,000 or um, even a million dollars. But then that might raise the stakes more to the point where people start getting really... What if, what if there were like positive or negative reinforcements uh, after each competition? So like say... Yeah, like a prize. Yeah, say, or even like say after the dumpling competition, like the, the num three houses, one of them is 500, one of them's 300, one of them's 100. So the 500 house maybe gets like a certain amount of like energy allotted to their house and the 100 gets like energy taken away. So they can't use like, Ooh. say they can't use like uh, a certain amount of uh, water that day or they can't use a certain amount of- Oh amount yeah, of actually you could ration Yeah, it could be like a ration thing. So like even, even if you lose and you're like rationing electricity, you're like still learning about sustainability because you're trying to like learn how to live a life rationed with elect, uh, with power. Yeah, I think that would be great. I think that would be really fun. I think adding the energy element in there would be cool as well. So it's like, you can't, everyone has to take short showers because they don't have water. And I think that's kind of what happens in California. And I think everyone would be like a little bit frantic. It's like, okay, whatever. And then people would be like, why did you take a 20 minute shower? We said everyone only gets two <laughs> minutes. Or um, you could do the really old fashioned way that my parents said that they did in China, which is basically like you would get a little tub of water, like a little plastic bowl, and then you would like lather up and wash your head like in in the little basket. And I think that it would just be amusing to see all of these different challenges and how people end up reacting to them. But there's just so many different fun things that we could do. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially 
this is I'm relating to this a lot right now in California with the heat wave. We're definitely rationing our air conditioning uh, at home right now, which is fun. Uh, it's great. It's it's fun, <laughs> but I think also that's why sometimes having a house with a basement is nice. So there's this one day when it was like a hundred degrees here. So I went to my um, boyfriend's apartment because it's in a little basement. It's kind of, it's like semi basement, so it's on a hill, and then the apartment yeah. is like half underground. And so it always stays cool. So when it was 100 degrees outside, it was like 74 degrees the whole day inside. And we were just chilling. Cool, A couple of cool cucumbers. <laughs> yeah, I think, man, this is really uh, shaping up this show. Do you have a host in mind? Do you have anyone? Do you want it to be uh, Phil from Amazing Race? That would be awesome. That would be amazing. I love that guy. That's the dream host. I know nothing about him. He, I mean, I th- feel like that's the mark of a great host is you like, you know nothing about him. You only know like his delivery. Yeah, I think I think Phil from The Amazing Race would be an amazing host. He, oh, I haven't watched The Amazing Race in a while. I think there's been more seasons recently, so I need to catch up. All right. Well, if there's any uh, Hollywood producers listening right now, we've got we've got IP right here, Eco House. Hit us up. Um, do you have a green new spiel? I can, I can do one, I guess. So I spoke a while back about the, the PNW Foundation and the work that we're planning to do. So my friend actually has since then incorporated the company and we're working on actually getting it off the ground and starting some of these programs here in Washington to get kids of color outdoors, um, do make music, um, provide musical education, provide CS education, all of those things. I think we're just kind of working out all the details of what our programming would look like. So I'm really excited. Um, and I think, I think there's a lot of potential for us to do a lot of good work here. And you can check out our website, pnwfoundation.org. It's in very early stages. I just whipped it together really quickly but I think we're going to be able to do a lot of good stuff. All right. I, I'll leave, uh, Stephen, I'll leave you a moment here in case you want to splice in a uh, green new spiel. I'll, I'll text you later uh, to see if you have anything, but I know you're busy right now. Sorry, Stephen, I forgot. Thank you, Kelly and Stephen, for your green new spiels. And with that, we wrap up the segment and we wrap up the show. Thanks, as always, for listening to The Renewable Generation. You can reach out to us on Twitter, at GenRenewPod, or Facebook, The Renewable Generation, or just on our personal Instagrams, at KellyMJing, at SustainablySteve, and at HoneycombsJr. If you have any questions or anything you want us to cover on the show, uh, feel free to reach, reach out to us at any of those places. And thank you. We'll see you two weeks from now.